a Highline podcast. We live in a complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies. Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna. I'm Kat Dwyer. And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone tonight? Muy bien. Muy bien. See, we're back. Hello. It's been a minute. It has. It's been two weeks for Kat and I and uh, three. three for Henning? Yeah. Three, yeah. three for Henning. Sounds about right. So, two of those were planned. Yeah. One was uh, an ER trip for my wife that we were not Oh yeah. of course. And then one of our weeks off was the city. Yeah, what happened with that? I saw the Instagram post and I was like, oh, that's yeah. a story. Oh, yeah. yeah, let's dive. We'll just dive right into this. Get after yeah. it. Uh, story time. Um <laughs> Long story short, I have been helping with a remodel, and this couple's also building an ADU in the back of their house, an auxiliary dwelling unit that they can rent out, and they're getting a new service for water into their house. So currently, there's a three-quarter inch line coming into the house. They decided to replace it with a one-inch line coming into the house that way. They can get more fixtures yeah, on their water get line. So they can get more pipes. sinks and everything like that, right? Yep. So the city on Wednesday said that they were going to come in, pull the lines in, and put the meter in. And that's great because they have a second AD or a, a second Airbnb unit upstairs in their house. And they were going to have guests Thursday night. But the main contractor for the job was out of town and the owner was out of town. And so I said, hey, okay, yeah, I can go over there and make sure everything gets done right and hooked up. And Wednesday goes by and they haven't done it. And then Thursday happens. I'm there on site talking to them. Takes them forever to get the water into the house. And then at this point, it's like noon. And I said, hey guys, we've got Guests coming upstairs at like 5.30 or 6. So whatever you do, don't turn the current service off to the house. They're like, okay, sounds good. Oh, no. Like 3 o'clock, I get a phone call from one of the guys working next door. He goes, um, the city's wondering where the plumber's at and if they're going to hook up the water. I'm like, uh, what? Say what? I like drive over there and uh, they all think I'm the plumber because I, I, Oh, what? So (laughs) yes, I was going to hook it up, but the whole goal was like to not have the city there when I hook it up. (laughs) Right. Right. And so they kept calling me the plumber and I was like, "Eh, yep, yep, that's me. (laughs) I'm the plumber. But uh, the, the guy that is in charge of like, turning on the new service I was like well i can't turn on the water until it's plumbed and he's like i got a meeting to go to so i can come back at like 5 30 oh, and turn the water no. on. i was like uh what do you mean they're like yeah well we turn the old service off and rip the pipes out and i was like there's like people that live in this house and the, and you just like turn the water off to the to the house <laughs> I'm like oh yeah he's like this is what you need to do and i Drove and called every place in town looking for this part. And the last place I went to, thank God, uh, shout out to uh, Great Northern Pipe Company, because I went in there and the pe- and the and the pipe piece that I needed was a seven hundred and ninety dollar. Holy moly! Valve Good gravy, and at least I thought it was, and it would have worked, and it would have been up to code. But then this guy was like, "Oh, so and so, I think his name was Mike." Mike used to be a plumber. Um, let's ask him. He's like, hey, Mike, you used to be a plumber, right? He's like, yeah. 
He comes over, probably like in his 50s. Maybe 60. Um, and he was, I was like, okay, here's the deal. This is what's going on. This is how it needs to be hooked up. And I need a, a backflow valve. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, that one will work. He's like, but I got another one that, that is cleared by the city, like up to city code. And it's like $115. Nice. I was like, Mike, I want to give you a kiss right now. <laughs> Classic so I grabbed Mike. that, ran back. And I'm like plumbing it, and it's not completely done. And then the guy shows up, and he's like, well, I can't. He's like, I can't turn it on if it's not hooked up. And I had bought, one, I had bought a wrong piece. So it was all hooked up. It was all hooked up except for the last connection. And I was like, please. Like, I told you not to, like, there's people that are going to be coming in. Like, can't you turn, like, you can see everything is right. Like, turn the water on, and then I'll, I'll get the right part, attach it, and then I can turn the main service on. Jeez. He's like, okay, okay, but, like, it's on you. And I was like, that's great. Do you like, yeah, so that's he turns on the water. He turns on the water, and he leaves. And then I don't have time to go to the store. So I find, like, an old pile of pipes that we had ripped out, like, months ago. And I found the piece I needed. And so, like, I was undoing pipes, hooked it up. No kidding. As I was clamping... The last thing together, I heard the front door open and the guests come in <laughs> to the Airbnb. And I run upstairs. I'm like, hey, <sighs> I have to drain the lines and get like the hot water going. And I was like, 10 minutes, you'll have water. Jeez, dude. What a hero. <laughs> uh, and that's why I canceled because it was like seven o'clock by the time I was sure. done. I was yeah. Like, that's a long day. Thank you, city, for <laughs> being very competent. <laughs> Yeah. But it was fun. It was exciting. You yeah. Know? Then I went upstairs. Mission accomplished. I know the, the family now pretty well. They, and they were gone on vacation. So I went upstairs, got a beer out of the fridge. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Coming in clutch. Yeah. So I did my duty, you know? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, you Is did. that project totally... Buttoned no, up? No. No, not even close. I'm like not even really supposed to be a part of it. Oh, I okay. Keep, I just keep being a part of it. I see. <laughs> Rough, That dude. sounds like a lot of your projects. Yeah, most of them. It's yeah. like, Stephen, do you want to come help? Okay, you're going to pay me money? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's usually how it goes. I'm glad you're right. asking the important questions. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Kat, tell me about being on TV again. <laughs> uh, like three times. What? Yeah, yeah um, no big deal. No, <laughs> no, I was stoked. Um, yeah, I did another. It was my third Fox 5 DC interview um, with uh, Jim Loki. And it was good. It's it's odd. You know, I'm like, it's through Zoom. I can't see him. Can he see you? Yes, he can see me. He has my giant face up on a screen in his you know yeah studio oh yeah 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 all right yeah and then but i can't see anything so you're like trying to look at the, at camera, the camera like you're yeah trying not to like start you know? staring off to the side yeah and like <laughs> you know you're just like waiting there and you're waiting and then and then there's like silence and then eventually it's like you can hear the other show and then you can hear a commercial break and then a producer comes on and is like whoa sound check real quick and then they're like okay we're gonna go live in like one minute and you're just like <gasps> There we go. And then it's like, I'm with Black Cat Dwyer, blah, 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 blah. And then it just flies by. It's right. a five minute segment. Yeah, totally. I like basically like I got the request, <laughs> you know, our PR person with Young Voices reached out and said like, do you want to go on? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, my initial feeling is like that, that like sinking stomach butterfly, like I'm going to puke feeling, you know? Yep. Because I'm like, oh God. I know exactly. And, <laughs> the twist. And then I'm like, Wah. then the next thought is like, I have to do this. So then I'm like, okay, yes. And then it's like the next 24 hours is like, and sometimes you don't have 24 hours, but in this case I did. And it was just like, that's all I'm thinking about. And I'm like saying my talking points over and over and over again. So they're like <laughs> drilled into my head mm. and it's just, it's kind of an emotional roller coaster. And then yeah. like, you're like leading up to it. There's like all of this, like just nervous energy. And then I feel like I black out in the middle of it and then it's over and there's a huge sense of relief and you're just like, Oh, thank God. That's awesome. And then shortly after that fades, then there's like, I just start going over in my head, like 
did I say this? Did I make that point right? Did I get that data point wrong? You know, and then it's just, anyway. Did I say a word I wasn't supposed to say? Yeah, you know, so it's just like, fuck. Anyway, so it's like, it's a lot, honestly. I'm still like, I haven't decided if I actually want to keep doing that, but I feel like I can't. I'm not at a point where I should say no yet. So Right. That's a lot different than podcasting for sure. It's so, and you know, honestly, I really, actually, I was thinking about you, Henning, after that, because I, I really appreciate and you you always emphasize this, like the value of a long form medium like this, where we can really flesh out our thoughts and like thoroughly explore something. Right. And TV is just designed to have hot takes. And it's honestly like really shallow. It's shallow hot takes and like that not, sells ads. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, that's all it is. And yeah. it's just like on and like no, you know, Jim Loki, if you're listening to this, God bless you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. But I just feel like you don't get asked questions that are that thoughtful, you know? Like mm-hmm. and that's not his job, but you no, know, it's just right. like you're getting asked like leading questions because they want to make a certain point. That's why they're having you on. And mm-hmm. you know, so it's just kind of like, meh, there's not that much value. Right. But unfortunately it kind of feels like the game you have to play. Totally. Totally it is. So did I ever tell you guys about when I was on the radio last year? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. So this was a Colin show. Um, he, uh, so Ken Coleman is part of like the Dave Ramsey network of folks. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Dave, Dave Ramsey is like the, uh, the Christian like money expert guy. I know Dave Ramsey. My oh, I know. <laughs> my sister's ex-husband bought like bought his book like truly like five or six times and like Whoa. was going to do the class Whoa. and never, ever did it. He's gone bankrupt twice. Hey, <laughs> so all right. Well, anyways. He should have followed Dave Ramsey. <laughs> he should have followed Dave people, Ramsey. <laughs> people uh, hate Dan, uh, Dave Ramsey, but uh, you listen to what he says and things work. Sure. <laughs> it works. I just associated him hey. with- those other I, thoughts. <laughs> I once I got serious about it using that program, I got out of debt in two and a half years, and then in another year and a half, I was buying a house with a zero credit score. That's amazing, actually. Yeah. So the system works anyway. So Ken Coleman is part of the <laughs> the network there, and I I called into his show once. Yeah, I had sent him an email or sent the show an email because sometimes he'll just like read an email and then answer it real quick. And that's, that's all I thought was going to happen. But, um, they, they replied to me and they were like, this question is like one we haven't gotten before. And it's very interesting. So will you call in? And they like schedule the time for me instead of me just like waiting in line. Right. Yeah, and it was kind of the same you experience. You got to cut so to like, the front of the line. I see how it is. It's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was on, I was on the phone in my car because that was like the quietest spot I could get at the time. <laughs> and literally, I, I'm just like on the phone, and I call in like 20 minutes beforehand because basically, like, three different producers that are there in the studio like run you through your question before you get to be on the air with him. So I called in first, and they were like, "What's your name?" Um, oh, this is about this email, right? This is the the topic. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right, in 20 seconds, give me how you're going to ask the question. And I give it to them and they're like, okay, that's great. You're going to be on hold for like 10 minutes. And while you're on hold, you're just listening to the show happening. And then another producer comes on. They're like, all right, give me the question again. I just want to make sure it's right. (laughs) (laughs) And then they do a good question. But and then and then they did it one more time and literally the third one like third different person came on they were like hey my name is blah 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 I just want to hear your question one more time and I gave it to him and they're like sweet you're live with him in ten seconds I was like oh and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> this is happening so fast yeah yeah it was pretty wild um, do you remember what your question was yeah so the question was um, this was at the very beginning of last year. And some, uh, some shit went down with where my wife was working at the time and they let her go in circumstances that, uh, from a lot of different people's perspectives, like basically we're glad Dixie doesn't work there anymore, but basically Dixie got abruptly fired and Hmm. was very confused about it and very like put down, like 
dealing with a lot of like feelings of rejection and like embarrassment because of course, right? When you're fired. Sure. Yeah. Wrongfully fired at that. Um and uh so my question was basically like, all right, I've never been fired. I don't know how to deal with these emotions, but this guy he makes a living off of talking on the radio, advising people on how to basically like steer their job toward the thing that's fulfilling and steer their career life toward something that gives you the juice, right? And like you're actually excited to go to work. So he 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 talks about work, the workplace, careers, all that kind of stuff. So basically my question to him was like, because I've never dealt with these feelings and I feel like I am not supporting my wife well while she deals with all this. I was basically like, what would you say? What would you do? What should I do to help her? Mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was, he was like, I have literally never gotten this question, but this happens so often. I don't know why we don't talk about it more. <laughs> so, That's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. Did he have good advice? He did. He did. Yeah. I It was good advice and I acted on it, but right now I'm blanking on what it was. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But so long as, you know, it worked out good. good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Basically, it became like a whole weekend where Dixie and I went off to Great Falls and got an Airbnb and like spent time just like processing it, you know, space to vent, space to dream about the the new thing, the next thing, and, you know, just get out of the house, get out of town for a while and kind of create some space from it. And just a lot of like affirmation, right? Yeah, because you can't make a good next move when you're in like a panicked or like dark space, you Mm-mm. know, like your next decision probably won't be no. optimal. Not at all. So, so that's, yeah, that's a good idea. My heavens. Now, now that we're all caught up telling stories about things that <laughs> didn't happen in the last three weeks, I guess that was my story. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> are you guys drinking tonight? All right. Something delicious. Yeah, super delicious. Uh, mm-hmm. we are having ourselves a Sambuca Sazerac. Ah. And we've featured a Sazerac once before, I think. I think that's right. I think we did. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, and so this is a variation of it. Uh, my lovely aunt was just visiting a couple weeks ago and she brought me a bottle of Sambuca from, um, the East Coast, which is delicious. It's an Italian... Uh, digestive uh, that's very like uh, licorice-y. Mm. So what I did is two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of Sambuca, and some bitters. And just stirred it over ice, expressed a little lemon in it, and it's nice. The Sambuca is really sweet and, and very thick, kind of syrupy, and so it has a really nice mouthfeel to it. But yeah, um, the Sambuca is, I think it can be clear, but the one I have is like black almost, um, and it's made with uh, anise, which is what gives it that kind of licorice flavor. Yes, absolutely. So good. So it's like, a, it's like a deep blue. I don't know if it's dyed that color or what, but... It's beautiful. Yeah. It's not even... I wouldn't describe it as deep blue. I'd describe it as like a... It's, it's like this like, beautiful like charcoaly gray. Yeah. Mm. like together it's dark and almost black but then when you're pouring it it, it has this yeah. pretty gray color oh it's tasty mm-hmm. with a little twist of lemon mm-hmm. of course Sambuca, it's so good mm-hmm. I love I it I like it uh, still full confessional time I have not replaced my bottle of Lagavulin <gasps> and it's embarrassing um, wow it's been a while okay. there but it's okay it's been, been on vacation and all this stuff, I get it. <laughs> yes. So tonight I am on a Montucky cold snack. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. Mixing nice, up nice. the beer choice. Keep it but... light. Yeah. I mean, those are my two choices, really, is Mountain Man and <laughs> Montucky. Fair enough. <laughs> right? You know me. <laughs> I didn't realize how big of a label Montucky was. Like, I went to Denver and I found Montucky in like every bar we went to or every restaurant. I feel like it just blew up yeah. at the same Is that time. True? That, like Bozeman Is that right? blew up. Yeah. Oh, all right. Cause like my, co- I have cousins in California who sent me photos of it and they were like, do you guys drink this all the time? 
I, was like, I think they kind of upped their yeah. marketing game and yeah. like the my roommates were sailing a couple of years ago and they said it was huge like in um i don't know if they were in the bahamas oh really or yeah. they were either in the bahamas or it was when they were in mexico i can't remember now which trip it was but Montucky everywhere. How funny. And you're like, oh, I it's just a very weird. good, simple lager. I mean, they do have, I'm looking at the can, they do have the big brand that says the official, unofficial beer of Montana. So, right. Good yeah. marketing. It I is. like that. Well played, so. sirs and madams. <laughs> I don't know who runs it. <laughs> I don't know. See. Oh, my God. Hey, one year, you guys. Cheers. Yes. To podcasting for a year it's, honestly it's been a cheers. year so guys this is kind of like our little anniversary catch up you know we're a couple weeks past our fish no not even we're a no, week we're like a, a week. couple yeah we're like a little while yeah past. a week past our actual <laughs> for real one year anniversary but october 17th yes october 17th 2020 yes was well, the official date that we released our first episode, Breaking the Ice. The birth of Whiskey Bench. Yes. Oh, the man. rebirth. Breaking the second birth of... Oh, that's right. No, no, no. <laughs> it was the birth of, of Whiskey Bench. In this and metaverse. Yeah, so we kind of want to just be <laughs> sappy, maybe, for a little bit. Did Kat, Kat did, and, you check, uh, did you check my meta joke just now? Was that I laughed at it. Laughing at? Yeah, thank you. I was laughing at it, yeah. I didn't even hear. Facebook renamed themselves Meta. I Meta. <laughs> that's oh, <the> <laughs> uh, I saw th- uh, something about that, and I yeah. just didn't care. But so it's actually, like, it's, yep. so what's happening though? Facebook is the product now, and it's like it's like how Google n- renamed themselves Alphabet Inc. Now they're Meta Inc. But didn't know that. <laughs> but <laughs> didn't know that either. Oh, they really? like they like grew backwards into a parent company. Yeah, and that's like basically what. Zuckerberg is doing with Meta, gotcha. and he's investing a ton of money in in into like Europe, right, to work on like he's basically starting another business there, doing like working on building a metaverse, right? Yeah, Literally. like this big VR platform for right, 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 virtual reality. Oh, yeah, all yeah. right. Hey, yeah, you know I, what I learned is that his his metaverse avatar is just as fucking creepy as his real ass face. <laughs> Because he uh, can't. The dude looks like he a doesn't know what is. No- he doesn't know what's normal. Yeah, I love those memes where it's like pictures of him like eating bread. I it's know. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is not a human being. This is not a freaking lizard person. What the heck? Yeah, him and Jack Dorsey are some weird dudes. <laughs> yeah, what does my dad call Jack Dorsey? Some kind oh. of freak is what. Yeah, he calls what is? <laughs> I forget it. Oh, I have yeah. to go back through my phone. You have said it on the show before. I forget. Yeah, <laughs> probably when we were talking about uh, censorship. Probably That'd be my guess. Yeah, probably mm. must have sparked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I read the other day that, not to derail too far from yeah, what yeah. we were just doing, but I read the other day that, and this was actually an old story that I came across that. I think it's Zuckerberg that's invested in a company that's working on a technology that can actually, it might even just be Facebook that's doing this, that's working on a technology where like you can interface with your computer, basically, just using your mind. The idea being that like- (gasps) You're talking about Neuralink. Neuralink, yeah. That's Elon yes. Musk. I thought that was that Elon. Musk? I thought Freaking that was Elon, Elon man. Is it Elon? Yeah. Okay. I could have sworn it was Zuckerberg. But anyway, yeah. Who knows? He probably like created a burner account and <laughs> threw, threw some money at it. <laughs> but it's kind of terrifying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Like, I it's guess crazy. it could help people with disabilities in theory, like, do more, I guess. Right. But right. I also think it's terrifying could be weaponized and <laughs> i don't want i don't want to live in a world where there's technology that's like capable of like re- literally re- basically reading my thoughts i don't want anyone to read my thoughts and that sounds really scientific like scientific. Sounds really, <laughs> that sounds like sci-fi and like goofy but google as it if because. the amazon algorithm doesn't do that anyway i mean it's learning who you are it's not like straight up right picking up on your how does it work henning 
because I'm butchering it. <laughs> However, it works. <laughs> when I read it the other day, and I was like, "Wow, God!" <laughs> yeah, no. Essentially, Neuralink it would be a like a hardware implant in your skull no, okay. that basically, like you, you learn how to use Neuralink by like thinking specific thoughts. You send specific electrical impulses basically into that device and that device is wires wirelessly talking to the devices around you Mm -hmm. okay i'm thinking of something different oh face facebook did buy i just looked it up to remind myself facebook did buy a company called what is it called where is it they bought a company called CTRL Labs, um, and it's a mind-reading technology. So that, that company makes a wristband that is said to decode electrical signals from your brain. By wearing the wristband, the company says you'll be able to control a computer using your thoughts. Mm. All right. Without the, having to have like Elon cut your head open and put something in it. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a big selling point for me. Well, You're into the yeah. cybernetic upgrades. <laughs> yeah. Leave my beautiful noggin alone. Get the wearable put the bracelet on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you remember when kids in high school were wearing like magnets on rubber bracelets and they were like, it's so I can jump higher? Do you remember it that? What? It helps with my balance. You don't remember really? that? Yeah. Tony, no, you remember gosh. that, right? We oh, yeah. That. The freaking magnets. I never had dude. any. <laughs> they were just magnets in a bracelet and they sold for like 30 bucks a piece. And. Yeah. It's like helps with balance uh, and kids on the football team yeah. swore they were like, dude, this helps me run so much faster. That's <laughs> I was I like, touch uh, my toes, and then I bought this bracelet. Uh, and I can touch my toes. Ah, uh, the power of placebo, my friends. Yes, <laughs> what a delight the placebo is. It was trendy to wear these like scrap pieces of leather as a bracelet that said like God is love or something like that. That's some like oh yeah, that brand right. sold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Catholic I never, I never weird, had huh? one, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Strange just indeed. a little bit. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if we could frame our anniversary look back, because I've been kind of trying to work on, like, looking at our past episodes, kind of framing it all in how has my mind changed in the last mm-hmm. year? And that's what I, that's what I've been thinking about. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back to our conversation. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. And thanks to Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, No Normal People. It's like, all right, well, this is new. Um, This is new. This is fun. (laughs) Unlock the door, open the door, and they like, put your hand on your head, put your back towards us. And I looked at Steven, who's in the passenger seat of the car. I'm like, what the heck, man? Like, kind of giving him eyes. And he just looks at me and he just said, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, what are you sorry for? Like, like, I don't have time to figure this out. And then oh my, so my hands are on my head. My friend in the car just said, I'm sorry. And uh, the cop says to me at this point, he's like, walk backwards to the sound of my voice. If you make any sudden movements, you'll be shot. What? And uh, <laughs> yeah. And now back to our conversation. Lead us off. How has your mind changed? Well, I am at this point. This started very, very early on on the show, but at this point, I am reluctantly thinking about politics a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and not reluctantly in the sense of like, damn it, I do a podcast on it. I should think about it. But like, Kat, especially, you have convinced me that I ought to put some energy into thinking and like working on the things that are happening in our government and in our society at large. Um, it's made me a little more engaged with, I mean like 
I really mean a little bit, but um, <laughs> engaged uh, a lot more, especially in like uh, local news, especially around Billings, local news, local issues, um, thinking about how to, to be even like voting in the next election, you know, that's all like school boards and city council and all that. Nice. Yeah. So I've gone from completely apolitical to I still don't know much about what I think, but um, I'm engaged by some sense of uh, civic duty that the two of you have inspired in me. All right. Sounds like a good thing. Everybody's lying to you all the time. Remains so, you to know, be you have seen. To, yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do your own research, you know? Like, you gotta, you gotta tune in a little bit, because if you're only getting the cliff notes, both sides are feeding you bullshit, so... That's true. <laughs> you have to dig a little deeper. What about well, you like two? What, what, what comes up with that prompt? I would say that I, over the last year, um, and this is a result of just this format of like having having the the opportunity to like really flesh out and think through and share my thinking on something and also the result of in particular talking with you Henning since we often kind of approach things from a different perspective um i feel like i have I've learned to, I approach sharing my ideas differently now. And I think I, I take a more, um, I think I put more effort into like meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know, changing my tactic so that it's more um, approachable, I guess, is maybe a way to describe it. Yeah. Because just yeah, being like yeah. angry and like, I'm right isn't, isn't very persuasive. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But this is something that we thought about before we ever launched, right? Sure. And we sat yeah. down and we talked about this. And you yeah. said, hey, we're going to talk about some heavy things and we're going to talk about some controversial things and we're going to continue talking about. I mean, we haven't really even had a controversial conversation yet, really. I think depending on your perspective, yeah, yeah. Some of it I'm has just been, thinking of some yeah. of the big ones. I came out spicy with some Second Amendment takes for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, we but, talked about race and like equity and yeah, yeah. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> so take that, but, Torna. We, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we had thought about that though, and we have we have a list in the Google Doc where we're like, hey, how do we how do we make this approachable? How do we because that's that's no going into this, we knew this is this every other show that that decides to talk about politics. Not that we only talk about politics. It just seems to come up a lot, right? Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's very one-sided <laughs> Sorry, and, and kind of uh, <laughs> a lot of straw mans. Right. And I'm sure that we've done it now and again, but we really do try to be aware of that. You know, I want, I want people that think different than me to listen to this and give me a chance, right? Hear out what I think. I hope they do the same for you, Kat, and the same for Henning. And, and get value out of the yeah, conversation. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we did go into this with that in mind, but actually but practicing, pra- practicing exactly, it, right, exactly. is different. And yeah, I think I've... I've um, and, I know I have, and I know I have to catch myself, because I remember just a couple episodes ago, I think I said something, and I, I think I referred to someone as, like, stupid or something, and I was like, okay, well, whoa, that's not fair. Sorry, didn't, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and it, it's true, you gotta, you know... It takes practice thinking about what you're saying and how you're talking about these subjects to, to yeah, get maybe better at it. Controlling an impulse, right? Right. And like right. being trying to be fair. Yeah. For sure. So that practice has mm-hmm. been a good thing for me, I think. Yeah. What about so, you, Torna? This has been such a great opportunity over the last year to one Again, I've said this on on air, but this show is kind of a way for me to often what I feel like just kind of uh, spew my thoughts. And then as I listen later, I can it helps me make more sense of it. Maybe I should just do a voice memo. We, we, could, we could vote on this. Be like, Stephen, um, keep those to the voice memos. right? But, you know, 
I say things out loud and I'm getting live feedback from you two and it's really helped me work out some things and it's helped me come to some conclusions. It's also left me uh, with a lack of conclusions in a lot of ways, which I think is good. Um, And then, especially with Henning, I mean, you said you had some spicy takes with Second Amendment and stuff, but I mean, we get to have these conversations and it gets my head spinning and I know it gets other people's heads spinning. Yeah. Um, and, well, and it's and that, just awesome. It's awesome. Because really, I don't think even in a situation like where we were hanging out, Henning, and we were having a deeper conversation, I don't think we would ever, um, probably in a natural conversation, talk about 2A. Yeah, I don't think right? I don't think we ever have. Yeah, it, it probably would have probably been something it, religious, religion or philosophy. Yeah, right. Which is awesome. I mean, that gives us the juice. But the, pushing the, juice. the topics a little bit, you know. Yeah, maybe addressing topics that we think are important, but maybe none of us are super passionate about. Mm. Like honestly, I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. That was a good and example too of. Like, uh, having opinions about the second amendment and about guns themselves. And then me showing up a couple weeks later and going to the shooting range with you and learning something Mm -hmm. that was, that, that was a big moment for me for sure. That's the, that's the full whiskey bench experience. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No alcohol was consumed on the gun range. Let's be clear. No, exactly. Right. right, Good Gun safety, which is relevant right now. Right. in the news with, the recent uh, misfire on a movie set. Yes. Yikes, Rama. Yeah, that was crazy. Right. So the things are relevant. And, you know, mm-hmm. topics we talk about months ago will continue to become relevant. And, and they'll, they'll pop back up and we can hopefully readdress them later. Yeah. And, you know, I look forward to, you know, maybe in a year or whatever, we have another Second Amendment conversation. And I can listen back to the, f- the first time we, we talked about it and... Yeah. Like, oh, how have we changed? How have we stayed the same? We evolved. Yeah. Yeah. I also really appreciate that we've worked in um like fil- philosophical discussions too, which you two have brought into my world, which mm-hmm. I'm grateful for. Um and I think it's nice to kind of to to take time to think about like the fundamental like um grounding principles of our thinking that helps you better understand the people that you're having like if you're then going to have you know sort of political or economic or policy conversations to also have those conversations where you're understanding like what is the foundation that you're like building these ideas upon like that's super helpful yeah right very helpful coming out of our our uh triple series of the philosophers and knowing like, all right, Kat is coming from very much like a student of John Locke. Look at that. Mm-hmm. And can I just say that Henning, you like, well, at least with me, you like <laughs> nailed when you assigned, <laughs> when you assigned the <laughs> philosopher. Uh, oh, it was great. Oh, I know. I love those three episodes. I thought those are some of my favorites. Yeah. Those are really fun. I agree. Yeah. I think honestly, those three episodes and then, like the three episodes after that, that whole continuum of we're on a roll of how <laughs> our conversation evolved, and at least that was the one that had me all like sorts of pre enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very true. Which has been great for me, but I. Uh, Are there areas <laughs> in which? Wait, can I just say it goes from like it goes from like Hobbes, Locke, Rousseau, pre enlightenment, and then. Salsa cereal and warm sprite. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. The title names is yep. just funny. Yeah, I know. It's like it's yeah. funny. <laughs> no, it's so, sometimes it's clickbaity. You it's know? great. It's great. Salsa cereal. <laughs> Are there any areas that we can think of that we definitely have not changed our mind? Like, have we just been? Are there areas where we've become more convinced of what we already believed? I can go first again to buy you guys some time, but uh, <laughs> sure. I one of one of the first episodes where I was. I came out of the episode thinking like, damn, I'm kind of proud of myself for just holding my own there was when we talked about censorship and especially section two thirty, mm-hmm, when that was mm-hmm. in the news. Oh, we agreed with you on two thirty. No, I, well, okay. 
I agree, but we were also like trying to entertain questions of like, should we get rid of it? Should we like, should we change it or whatever? Because like the whole world was sure, talking yeah. about that at the time, right? Right. Because it was after right. Trump got banned from Twitter. Um, right. And like, I certainly have not changed on 2.30. I, I'm sure you guys have seen some of my tweets <laughs> along those lines yeah. lately. But uh, yeah, I I can identify that one as like, oh yeah. I'm. I know what I think about two thirty. I don't know if I'm going to ever change my mind on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of my economic thinking has changed, nor sure. will change. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Fair. Torn is musing over here. Yeah, I don't know how much of my political thoughts have necessarily changed, but. Definitely my understanding of, especially when we're talking about like wildfire management and things like that, Mm. honestly formulating opinions on some of those things that I hadn't thought about much, that that's good that that's helped me solidify that. I'm trying to think of what the biggest, the biggest thing where I've really changed. Or haven't, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the things that you're resolute in. Second Amendment. No one was really trying to change your mind. Well, Henning maybe was a little bit. No, no, no. But that's probably the biggest one where, honestly, and me and uh, Zach, Zach's a, a longtime listener, and he's my buddy that I shoot with, and he, he trains and everything like that. You've, both of us, like, you've you've presented, I think, we were talking about it, the first real genuine argument that I've heard, like, from a pacifism standpoint. Um, really? Yeah, honestly, we were like you, you, you articulated it well, and it's it's impacted me and it's impacted him, of to at least be thinking about it and start wanting to ask more people that maybe have a view like that, their thoughts, and uh, so that's probably the biggest one where nice. I'm like ah, some like a point of view that I never really even considered is now kind of on the forefront of mm-hmm. like. It's it's interesting. You don't dismiss it outright now. Now you might might right, give it because more thought. Or me, respect. you know, stupid me thinks of it's two A versus anti two A. Nuance. Right, exactly. But it's like, yeah. oh no, 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 no. It's two A versus something completely different. Like an actual conviction, right? This is like a moral conviction, which is oh, I see. Very different. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Than some some of the other approaches it's not to necessarily being it. anti something it's being pro something else right yeah mm. that is in conflict with something else right and do so, you think right. do you think a lot of the problems like a lot of the polarization we have in our conversations is because it's way too easy to frame them in well if you're not this you must be anti this because i also think about abortion yes. and like mm-hmm. to be anti-abortion people sometimes like probably a lot of times uh get into the argument of like there are actively people who want more abortions but i think i always want to start that conversation with with like i think we can all agree we want to see this statistic get lower right well the woman who founded planned parenthood didn't but (laughs) margaret singer but but I hear you. Probably most people know. Most people I think, don't yeah, view way, it that way. And that's, again, it's like, where do you, I think, yeah. This is the other thing I'm learning, not to get off this topic. This is directly uh, tied to this. But on the topic of what I've learned in this, it's it's this idea that we can approach everything from the political point of view where you're forced to address the group of people that are making the most noise and causing the most trouble. And in the case of abortion, it would be, yes, I think there are people that are actively wanting more abortions, but it's so few that the more important thing and the thing that's actually going to unify people is like, no, the average person, your neighbor, we can probably find common ground on that. Like, no, this is something that we don't, we don't want this. Right. Right. But then how do we approach it? of most people today that are pro-choice are hoping for more abortions i just mean that like when margaret singer founded right. planned parenthood it was like kind of a eugenics right exactly yeah, but, but that's what i'm saying it's easy to, from the political side there are right. the extremes the people yeah. making the noise 
right? But that that extreme is then being projected onto anyone that's like again like adjacent to that, right? Right. And it's like, whoa, that's when I think about, it, I'm like, yeah, that's a great way to be mad at your neighbor for no reason, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Bit. I think that's true across every single policy. Rage is a hell is. of a drug. Yeah. Damn, right, right. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, reflecting back on this show, I think today I am less, and this is going to sound heartbreaking to you guys, but I think I'm less libertarian than I used to be. (laughs) All right. I think that's great. We drove you away. Well, honestly, wait, 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 wait. I, yeah, well, no, I, I might actually be less libertarian than I thought as well. Wow. I'm more. It. <laughs> Congratulations. I make up for your lack. Yeah. Cat is like. This show has eat. It's still the same level of libertarianism. <laughs> right. The scales are just tipped towards cat. Yeah. On this one though. For every opposite, there's an equal uh, force, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait. Okay. So explain both of you. Henning. Um. Okay. So. What's your thought there? My my thoughts are. Obviously, I I spend quite a bit of time talking to our friend our. Uh, our friend Alex, um, mm, which yeah. as long as we're reflecting back on a year, we got to thank Alex and Kevin for oh, coming God in clutch oh, a yeah. couple times. That was fantastic. Totally. Um, yeah. But like the raw milk episode really got me thinking about what could be pros to uh, certain arenas of regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still really kind of, I'm mostly curious still kind of stumped by the concept, but I haven't really ever stopped thinking about modern monetary theory either. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh my, okay. Don't tell me that you're fucking <laughs> <laughs> We can't. <laughs> the magical money tree. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. We're watching it play out right now, but anyway. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite episodes. That was actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that was a fun one. <laughs> I knew that was going to get a reaction from yep. the Bozeman table. Is that the episode where I, I called you a communist? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was that. Oh, that was what a beautiful. Was that, that was when we were talking about Hobbes. And oh, right, right, right. Because I was talking about like, well, Rousseau would say like it was only the competition that taught Cain and Abel to like have animosity for each other, <laughs> and the competition right. is what inspired the murder. Was the right. uh, was the spicy take? Yep. Yep. And uh yeah, straight from our friend Marks on that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what a classic. Oh my god. What a classic that moment. Was good. That was what a about good you, one. Torna? You're less libertarian. <laughs> do you think you've actually changed or do you think you've just discovered things that were always true but like you used to call or think were libertarian? Well, no. Um mostly the biggest thing is is looking into what really, you know, is being a good, being a good libertarian, right? Like to the books, libertarian and how I approach some things. And especially with, you know, Mm. more recent journey through my own moral convictions and, and my pursuit of Christianity more deeply. There's just some things where it's like, you come to a crossroad and you're like, I don't know where things line up. And like the Gadsden flag. That's what I think about a lot. What is that? Oh, the Gadsden flag is the the coiled snake. Don't tread on me. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like. I I I shouldn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, No. I mean, I like the I like the Gadsden flag. I would encourage uh, people not to tread on other people. Um, Yeah. Wait. So how is okay? But you mean like a response to someone treading on you or? Oh, yeah, I don't well, know. So like especially in the context of uh you coming on Ravel. Um right. I think a a a Christian reading of being political could be literally like not actively inviting people to tread on me, but like taking that with grace <laughs> almost. I don't know. Like there's a there's a there's an attitude to don't tread on me that is all about the uh the liberties and the freedoms, which I think are great, but at the same time, I think there's a there's a pretty radical way of 
being a Christian that asks us to voluntarily give up those liberties and freedoms anyway. Yeah, but when you give those up, you facilitate having them removed for everybody else around you. Right, and I agree with that. And that's where the, the conflict is. It's like, if I, if I want to be political in this fight, like I, more and more I'm starting to feel like it's one or the other. I feel like your choices aren't isolated to just you in our right, society. Right. Yeah. So this is these are things that I'm still thinking about and wrestling with. Yeah. And that's why more and more I'm like, you know, if someone asks like, oh, what are you politically in the past? I'd be like, oh, I'm a raging libertarian. But really, I'm like, am I? Am I? I wouldn't call you a raging libertarian. No, not really. A raging libertarian, I don't think can be a Christian. Or like any faith, really. Oh, I like that. That's a good. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. But like, can I don't you know. say more to that? I'm very curious by this take. <laughs> I guess just by like whatever the stereotypical definition of a raging libertarian is, but like the idea that you like morally don't want to impose anything on anybody around you. Mm. Right, exactly. And you live by your own moral code, but it's totally okay if somebody lives by an entirely different moral code, so long as it doesn't obstruct your right to, like, property, essentially. Right. And life. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of property as well, right? Um, And I think my understanding of, like, most religious yeah. ethics, at least Christian ethic and, like, the sort of Judaism, Islam, like, there are particular codes to live by. And you actively want to get other people to live by those codes. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You do. Like you're called to, to get other people to live by those codes. Mm-hmm. And in libertarianism, you're called to like let people do whatever they want. Right. Really. And that's, and that's, that's where I'm coming <laughs> so from. It's one of those things where there. it's like, you know, yeah. I can see something that uh, doesn't harm me, you know, just because it's not harming me doesn't mean that. I should just not worry about it. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So like how do you address rampant drug use that's leading to people, mm. you know, losing their minds right. and their the livelihoods. Right. So, yeah. right. so this is right. why I am still reluctantly political a year into this is the I guess the conviction that you guys inspired in me of like it was very easy for me to exist in a world where I'm like, I don't really care who I vote for. I don't care if Biden or Trump is president. It really doesn't affect my day to day. Did you vote though, um, when you felt that way? No. Okay. I appreciate that. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't care and don't pay attention, but they still vote. Mm-hmm. That's a problem in my mind. No, that feels very inconsistent anyway. to me. Um, but now kind of like by what you're saying is like, yeah, I, I have a choice to make that does affect other people. And that's, that's the other thing I'm thinking about with uh, when Kevin and Alex came on and we, we had that episode called uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And mm-hmm. the framing question being like, to what do I owe my neighbor? Yeah, that was a curious one to me. And I think that it has inspired the way I think about voting and the way I think about engaging in my city and even just paying attention to like state politics, you know? I truthfully could still give... Fuck all for federal politics. I hate. I hate the national stage. It's pretty toxic. I don't blame it you. It's exhausting to me. It takes so much energy for me to try and care. I think. Um, I think it's dangerous to try to ascribe morality to any particular political philosophy. Mm. I think we have to look at it more as what facilitates and like creates the space mm-hmm. for like for whatever particular morality to like flourish, but I don't think we should expect it to like enforce or like uh don't legislate morality. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I I mean even like an economic system, you know, like there will be communists who think that like that's They'll make a moral argument for Mm -hmm. it, right? For like redistributing wealth. But then I think you have to look at like, I think that ignores like human nature and and ignores like the actual like results of it. Mm -hmm. 
and I think so. I think it's I think it's healthy to have a sep to separate the two, but to recognize like what systems of governing and of economics and of like organizing society allow people to flourish, right? And therefore pursue whatever you know moral life they want or lack thereof, so long as they don't hurt other people. See, I guess I am a little bit more yeah, yeah, than a- anything else. It's like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Do we have fra- favorite moments? My favorite was when I called. <laughs> that was a classic bite. But that, it was funny. It was a funny moment. Classic. Um, all my favorite episodes are obviously when we talk about economics. I love the MMT one. <laughs> yes. I yes. love that one a lot. I thought that was a really just useful conversation. Like mm-hmm. I will reference back to that conversation. Um, mm. And I do like <laughs> the one where I just came on and talked about all <laughs> I answered all of the <laughs> the points that were made in the previous episode that I wasn't part of. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yes. A, yes. Cat's got yeah. Thoughts. That's yes. after Alex and Kevin were on. I like that yep. one. Yes. I liked that yes. one. Well, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I liked uh, a phrase I very often use to this day because of torn in me talking with alex about video games and art is not for me yes yes. one of one of my stickiest moments right there also chugging a white claw bad idea very funny very funny yes (laughs) that was a good one (laughs) torna what about you oh i'm trying to think i think one of the uh one of my favorite moments uh, was the Godless Billionaires? Oh, I had fun on that episode. What a classic! I still, I still think about that, and I still all the time refer to them as Godless Billionaires. Godless men <laughs> looking for something to do with their money. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I think one of my favorite episodes was—I don't even remember which one it was—but it was when uh, at least I had that aha moment uh, when we were discussing, I think, identity. And it was, hey, why are we having so many problems right now? And part of it was, um, we've kind of lost that sense of of identity, right? Mm. Or at least the, the the foundation of of some sort of sense of identity. I feel like there's more for us to uncover there. I think so. Something I'm still thinking about. So lovely. I'm just looking at our mm-hmm. titles, and I'm thinking about your uh, the chili chugger helmet that you found on the side yes. of the road, cat. Um, <laughs> that was a Very good one. Very powerful. Uh, <laughs> I still think lawns suck. Yep, I agree. Uh, lawns do suck. We're all in agreement there. That was one the one episode I think where we were all like going into it. We're fully like, on the same, just one hundred percent biased in this direction. Right. You can't convince me that lawns aren't a waste of water, money, time, and space. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Can't do it. Um, I think though the pinnacle, the big highlight, was me coming to Bozeman. Oh, uh, that was yes. Great. This is true. Two, that was two episodes one. last night. I got to enjoy the cocktail with you, and then we shared Lagavulin for a second episode. Yes. Uh, recording in the same room during the thunderstorm. Yeah. No, that was very good. I I have learned over the last few years that I am a a very relational person and a very like like I really value the the in the moment like tactile experience like uh truly like getting to give cat a hug meant a lot to me and then yes Aww, and then too. just like eye contact was so good it just that the the energy of those episodes were just like ah oh, look at this we're doing it well, and we're pretty good at like, like picking up on each other's subtle little like laughs or scoffs or whatever, yeah, you know. But right. But in person, that was amplified. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. It was easier to like. <laughs> there was like a thunderstorm, right? And I was distracted by it. Right. Like, we're ooh, all thunder. Getting a kick out of it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was nice to be in person for sure. It's very nice. Loved it. Uh I usually find nostalgia to be kind of a toxic emotion but right now i'm really enjoying it why do you think it's toxic i guess that was the spiciest take for the 
Yeah, I think I think a, too much time spent in nostalgia can legitimately lead to like depressive thoughts. Mm, uh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Yes. Because then you're pining for so the. So there's past. the difference between living in the yeah. past. Sure. And and yeah. uh. So an and indulgence once in a while, and that's what tonight was, and over, I yes, thoroughly exactly. enjoyed myself. I don't want to color anything about the last hour we've spent together <laughs> as saying, like, I've hated this. Let's talk about something new. Right. What I'm saying is I right. think we did it in the best way possible. We had some framing questions. <laughs> yes, 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 No, yes. no, no, I agree And, uh, yeah, shared uh-huh. memories. That was great. Can't believe I came in with the, the hot take at the end there, though. Dang. Yeah. I got a rise. Dang. Yeah. Classic. Got you guys excited. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> so I think before we wrap up this night, I just want to thank you guys for spending so much time with me. You guys invested a lot of time into this and I'm very grateful and I'm incredibly grateful to everyone that listens. You all have invested a ton of time listening to us speak and engaging and sending us nice messages and, you know, sharing cool posts with with us and everything like that like awesome thank you guys so much and i just saw today we're at almost 2800 total listens which is pretty cool so we launched end of october last year on may 9th we had reached a thousand downloads um i'm trying to find when we hit 2000 but anyway we're almost at 3000 so it was like may we hit a thousand and then I think August we hit two thousand. Mm. Gain or in end of August we hit two thousand, and and we are already nearly at three thousand. Awesome. And it's it feels slow sometimes, but it's nice to step back after a year and think, wait a second, like we started this a year ago. We didn't really have any, we didn't have any clout before. We didn't have anything going into this, and it's all because of people sharing and stumbling across it and sticking around. So. It's cool. It's special. It means a lot. Yeah. I mean, put it in terms of a total of 45 conversations the three of us have had have been played almost. Uh Like you can't have 3,000 conversations in a year, or you probably can, but not (laughs) that is going to be recorded. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like just that, that uh, multiplication effect is really humbling when you actually think about those numbers. Like podcasters can get really hung up on the numbers and like, Oh, I'm not growing as fast as I want to. Or like, why aren't people downloading this episode in particular or whatever? But like truly every single one is meaningful right. to me. Cause I'm like, this is time. I, I that agree. This is this, this right now, this was an hour of someone's time that they didn't have to spend with us that they chose to. And that makes me incredibly mm-hmm. grateful. Uh, yes. You know, when I was thinking about this yeah. the other day, it's easy to get hooked up on it. And I obviously want us to grow and, and, I mean, be successful, right? I want us, I want us all to make money doing this. But you know, there's a few people I know that listen to every episode, and when I see them, it's, it's like they were there for the conversation, because they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I loved it when Cat said this, and like Henning when he said that, like, whew, that got me thinking, and then they they start chiming in, and they're talking. It's a continuation of the conversation that we had, and it, it's. It's weird, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sharing in a conversation, you know, I've always listened to a lot of podcasts, but when you start doing it yourself, there's a different appreciation for it. It becomes more um, profound. I think what a cool platform this is. And, you know, the joke is like, oh God, all we need is another podcast, but like, don't let that negative Nancy stuff stop you. Like. Go talk about something you like to do, you know? Absolutely. Right? 100%. Like, record it. Like, do it. It's a huge market. There's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's countless bizarro niche avenues yeah. to explore, right? And I think it's great that there's more and more options for people. Right. Shout out to my very best friend in the whole world, Alicia Graziani, who has been an avid supporter of Whiskey Bench from yeah. the very beginning. She always is commenting, like, I don't post that many stories and stuff. I would like to in this next year get a little better about that. But yeah. She always is commenting on stuff. Yeah. She's uh, 
She's a fan. She's a whiskey baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you say no? No. Or, oh, maybe first t-shirt? I know, it just like... First first line of merch? I felt like we didn't choose it, it chose us. What about about baby bibs that say whiskey baby? Oh, my God. That's... That could be good. It's kind or of like cute. really classy, like uh, like what a steakhouse hands out, right? Those, yeah, like lobster oh, house. Adult hey, yeah. Adult. Ooh, wait, no. Now we're getting into fetish <laughs> realm. Yeah, that, was, that was getting weird. I'm like, what is this whiskey bitch about? <laughs> whiskey baby bibs, adult bibs. What if what if they were okay? Whiskey baby like grilling aprons or kitchen aprons. Yes. Yes, I'm all for it. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't done a shot class yet. What? Mm. We really Insane. should. Insane. <laughs> no, this anyway. is something that we'll we'll talk about because Highline is moving forward. Uh, I'm sure that that's something that'll be. Um, oh yeah, we got all sorts of stuff planned for this year. Wonderful. Well, I just want to say thank you to both of you for having me be a part of this project. And especially you, Torna, for like yes. making this happen and for thinking of this and for including yeah. me because it's been an absolute We joy didn't know each other when we to... started. We didn't. And I am so grateful to know you, Henning. You are a true friend. And I hope that we are friends for a long time. And um, I'm just, I look forward to having these conversations every week. So I'm yes. cheers to, to many more. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on The Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty. Hello, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm Stephen. And I'm Dixie Lee. The internet didn't need another podcast interviewing the same famous authors, artists, and thought leaders. Dixie, my friend Bailey educated me about a word called sonder, and this is the realization that any stranger or passerby you see has a life equally complex, deep, and vibrant as your own. So join us every Tuesday as we talk to the normal people in our lives and hopefully inspire sonder in yours. No normal people. It's like Humans of New York, but a podcast, and in Montana. Highline Media Network, artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.